Welcome to the Optimal Human Podcast. Welcome well, to 2020. Welcome. Welcome back is Welcome what you back. mean. Uh, yeah. We've been a little bit of hiatus, right? We've, uh, you know, you've had your dissertation thing going on. Um, I don't know. I've just had a shit ton of work projects, it seems like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've been busy. We've been busy. You know, this is kind of something we do for fun, but we're we're going to get back to it. We're back on the horse, y'all. So we're looking forward to it. So first, I want to send out this message to y'all. Happy 2020. Uh, and welcome to the new decade and the new year. Uh, Kyle and I are going to be really working our asses off to not only achieve the goals that we've got in our own lives, but to really try to do the best for you all as well. Getting back into the Optimum Podcast and bring you the best information we can on topics. Today, we've got a good one, Kyle. What do we got? Oh, we're going to talk about where do you get your freaking information on? And I think this is actually going to kick off our our, uh, our series of dissecting different, uh, different topics in the field, starting with keto versus high carb, um, <laughs> which uh, Coach P is... He's kind of dogmatic about this ketogenic diet. I don't know <laughs> if... Uh, he keeps putting words into my mouth. No, no. I'm definitely <laughs> hearing them. Um, I'm hearing somebody's voice. That's kind of scary. Well, look forward to that uh, next week. But uh, we're about to bring to you the best ways to navigate these muddy waters that is the fitness industry and how to figure out what's good information, what's bad information, and how to tell the difference between the two. All right, guys. Three, two, one. Let's go. So, Chris, I'm, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've really had a podcast. And uh, one of the things I've been working on is actually uh, losing weight, trying to you know, maybe get down to about 220, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, what's new with you? I've been trying to lose weight, too, you know. I thought about uh, you know, choosing this uh, this diet. What's that diet? Yeah, the, 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 ke- <laughs> the ketogenic diet. The ketogenic diet. Now, I've known that you've been a big advocate of the ketogenic diet for years. <laughs> And that's that's really all all you really care about is a ketogenic diet. It seems like, at least from what I can tell, that's pretty much your life. It's so it's, it's I no. <laughs> um, okay, so just for the audience, I'm not really doing the ketogenic diet, but uh, Coach K likes to make fun of good old Coach P. Uh, I do, and, and we are going to have a debate on our next episode about how um, you know high carb versus keto, but. Coach P is actually going to take the stance of keto. Just, I think, mainly for my pure entertainment. <laughs> just to watch me anything. squirm. Yeah. Um, um, but just to give it out there to the audience, no, there is pluses and minuses to both types of diets. Uh, at the end of the day, it is what you can adhere to and what it is that's going to allow you to be consistent. Um, there's no one better diet over the other, unless we talk about performance, which we'll talk all about next week. Yeah. So, you know, when it, when it comes down to, to losing weight or just health in general, it doesn't have to be just losing weight. Uh, we, we get a lot of, um, you know, we get a lot of information out there, right? The, the game changers came out. I know there's plenty of podcasts on that. We'll talk about that briefly, too. Um, and then there was the, what was the one um, that came out a couple years ago? Not Forks Over Knives, Cowspiracy, what the hell, what the hell that yeah. one. I mean, there's all this stuff out there, right? And it seems like, you know, whether it's a documentary on Netflix or it's the article or, you know, Jimbo on Instagram is posting about what he, she is doing. I don't know, a girl named Jimbo, but who cares? Um, <laughs> Probably one out there. It, it always seems like they have the answer, the secret, and it's like so obvious, and everybody else is just so wrong. So really, what the fuck is going on? Because everybody seems to be right, and everybody's wrong at the same fucking time. <laughs> What's happening? 
So <laughs> we're, we're going to do this episode for you all so that you guys can be better equipped to approaching information and knowing how to find credible information and being able to differentiate between all a lot of the muddy bullshit that's out there when it comes to individuals who are claiming to think they know what they know or if they're simply trying to upsell you to try and just get what's in your wallet. So you have to be really, really, really careful or just trying to spread their biases, which we'll talk about with the documentaries. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, let's um, I'm going to start with Instagram. Sure. Right? Let's pick on them for a while. Uh, you know, you see a lot of people on Instagram that are posting, hey, uh, this is what I do post-workout because it's the best. Or, uh, you know, there's people like, oh, I eat Pop-Tarts because post-workout because that's the only way to get the right insulin response, get my growth hormone. I'm huge. Right. No, dude, the reason why you're huge is because you're injecting one and a half grams of test a week. So, yeah, and you're eating a shit ton of food. It's it's there is not really one specific protocol. That's just a secret. Um, There is no secret sauce or secret diet out there that's going to make you overall healthy, overall whatever. I would guarantee that everyone listening to this, right, all six of you, um, (laughs) including my mom, Chris's mom. Hi, Dad. And my dog. Uh, that you know how to eat healthy. It's just that there's a lot of misinformation out there, right? And, and nine times out of 10, these Instagram people want to sell their own brand. And I get it. We got to make money and, and shit like that. But whenever you're you're trying to promote some kind of bullshit diet or bullshit protocol to enhance um, your pocketbook, that could, I mean, not necessarily, it's not always harmful. Like eating Pop-Tarts post-workout, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, who gives a shit? Yeah. Like. What if, what if I ate a, a fucking, uh, what's the, the, the thing, the Pop-Tart with the stuff in the middle, like this toaster strudel? What if I just eat a fucking toaster strudel afterwards? Is that going to be better? Is that the same fucking thing? Yeah. So there, there's a few factors you need to take into account when listening to fitness influencers. Is first, their credibility. Uh, mo- we're, we live in this day and age, uh, everyone's a fit influencer because either A, Whoa. they started out out of shape, got in shape, and then astuted their success to whatever it is that they did and need to tell someone else how to do it uh, using their plan or the crazy things that they <laughs> like, did. Like the person who uh, goes and wins a bodybuilding show that had like three people and all of a sudden they are a nutrition all coach. all of a sudden they're a nutrition coach. I'm a that, prep coach. That drives me nuts. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be an influencer and inspire other people that's not the problem the problem is going is having no scientific education and how the human body actually works or knowing the actual science of the nutrition or the workout program that goes into things or then a complete neglect for a lot of the training variables that Kyle and I teach at the university, such as the law of specificity, law of individual differences, which is a huge thing, Mm -hmm. especially because a lot of the individuals who look the way that they do, not saying that they didn't work hard, but sometimes it does come down to your genetics. Not saying that everyone does not have a shot at having a decent looking body for them, but just know some people are gonna be more genetically predisposed to being able to put on more muscle than others. I will use myself as an example. Um, You're the best goddamn example. As far as like, not necessarily for being lean because I can be fat as hell and, and whatever, but I'm a big dude, right? I'm, I'm, I'm 5'10", 5'11", whatever. Uh, at about 235 is where I kind of hang out. And, you know, at show weight, you know, at whatever percent body fat I was, you know, be 210, 215. Um, you know, that's, that's a bigger individual. And to be honest, guys, I'm not bragging, but I don't really have to work hard to stay this big um, at all. Yeah, it's genetics. It, it is. And, or, or even more specifically, I always get, uh, 
comments about calves. Like my calves are just big. My, my dad's calves are big. Uh, probably my brother's. I don't know. Never looked at them. But the, the thing is that um, that there is a genetic component to this. Just like I will never be Lance Armstrong. Nope. Blood doping and all. Even if I were to, I will never be as good as yeah, he was. It's, it's um, part of my lesson and when I teach basic exercise physiology. Everyone can improve their VO2 max, but your genetics will determine how high your VO2 max can go. Exactly. And, and there, there are people who respond well to certain types of training stimulus, and there are people who don't respond well at all um, you know, to, to both any type of training stimulus, right? Uh, so don't don't look at the person on Instagram and they're ripped diesel and they're looking great or they've got you know perfect glutes and whatnot and tan and they're whatever in a beach and the wind's blowing and shit and you're just like I just want that lifestyle. Those motherfuckers don't have that lifestyle, right? I mean, they're <laughs> first of all, most people don't travel day in day out, <laughs> but that's a different topic. But the, the point is that you can't gauge where you want to go based off one other individual. No, so. As far as our recommendations, when, when approaching Instagram, look for actual value in the content. Do they do their research? Do they put effort into trying to explain things properly? Uh, do they actually, you know, are, are they self-deprecating? Are they actually going to say, you know, this particular thing works for me, but I understand it might not work for you. But based off of a lot of individuals or what's been shown in the research together, this seems to be the best practices to achieving that goal. That's what, that's going to provide you a lot more value than simply looking at someone aesthetically being like, oh, they have nice abs and a nice ass. I'm going to just buy their program state of the art. Just $29.99. Like, no, don't do that. Do your research. And I know we, you know we talk about them all the time. Lane Norton has even made comments like this saying, yes, it's some of these insta-famous people's faults. But it's also the consumer's fault as well. It is. Do your good job as it a is. consumer to do your own research, not listening to the first thing that strikes your fancies because it's stroking your ego because that's what you desire is to look good or have a better looking ass or whatever it is. Think for a second before you start listening to other people on Instagram or any other social media platform. Exactly. And that, that's really where the science comes in behind it all is that you know trying to understand how do you make your glutes grow or, or how do you lean down or how do you get bigger or how do you get better at running or whatever your goal is, um, you know, th there is science behind it and there, there are certain principles that you need to follow for a specific goal. So when we talk about program in, in our programming classes, we don't teach, hey, three sets of 10 or, you know, six, 12 repetitions, 75 to 85% of one art that, that we really need to understand what's happening inside the body to elicit these adaptations. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you guys all need to go out and get ex-phys degrees because that's going to be a lot of money, a lot of time for just trying to get in shape. Yep. So where can you get quality information as far as Instagram? People who, you know, preferably they have a degree, right? That That's kind of a... a a preference there. Now there are a lot of idiots with masters and PhDs and bachelors. Yeah, we can and go the opposite way and um, say that people who are really, really smart can be a pain in the ass too. Because exactly. They can go the opposite direction. So realistically, back to what Chris was saying, uh, you know, do they do they acknowledge that there are other ways to train? Yep. Do are there other ways to to approach the the common goal, whatever that is, to get abs and whatnot? Um, you know how. What what do they put in there? Is it quality or is it just hey, uh, look at my biceps? I eat Pop-Tarts after my workout. Cool. Thanks for nothing. That that does absolutely no <laughs> new, no information. So that's Instagram, right? There's a lot of lot of bullshit accounts out there, um, and, and it me personally it drives me to and just not even so want many, one. Which is the biggest issue. Um, so, so rule of thumb, y'all, when it comes to Instagram, look for credibility, but prioritize value. 
Look at the effort that they're putting into their posts. Look at if they're trying to offer scientific background and anecdotal evidence as well. Trying to be as less biased as possible. And then let's uh, let's move on to just websites because there's a lot of websites out there. Okay. Um, one that I actually personally used to follow quite closely was T Nation. Have you ever look at that one? <laughs> T Nation, which you know, is like the bro science. Yeah. When I was when I was growing up, right? Uh, you know, it's like, man, that's cool. <coughs> that that's uh that is the you're dying. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Can't enter that shit out. Um. <laughs> anyway, so you know, T Nation. A lot of you know, a lot of people writing on there. Some really good information. Some really poor information. And I remember reading one article uh, from a guy who had his CSCS. He had a bachelor's degree. He's like, okay, you know, it seems credible. He's got a bachelor's degree. He's CS certified strength conditioning specialist is one of the the top, if not the top, basically strength and conditioning uh, certification you can get through the NSCA. So got to be credible, right? And he says, you know what? Physical therapists are all quacks. There's no way that they could potentially or even possibly help you activate certain muscles or correct any distortions or, or, or whatever he said in the article. This is a few years ago. I'm like, huh, that's a bold-ass statement. Yeah. So let me look at this dude, whatever his name was, Bill Jim or something. Um, <laughs> Looked at his information, like, oh, he's got a okay, he's got a bachelor's degree, CSCS, okay, he got a CSCS. He was the first class of CSCS people, first one I ever get the cert. So hopefully it's improved since then. Um, it has. Um, so looking at his degree, it's a degree in fucking liberal arts. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that degree, but you are not a scientist in the human performance field. So please, if that is your claim to fame because you have a liberal arts degree and you think you are now a human performance specialist, just shut the fuck up and go on and do something else. Um, <laughs> now, we can go to the opposite direction too. I will give it to credit. A lot of people that have more experience without the actual scientific knowledge in the background, still have more value to give. Absolutely. Because they see what actually happens in practice in the field, which is why you need to find a combination of both. Um, or really someone who just has been so successful in the industry and knows what they're talking about can go a long way as well. So in, in, we were kind of talking about websites, and, and the reason why I brought that up is because on T Nation is where I found the article. Now, the, these blog websites like that, and I think bodybuilding.com, is that still a thing? Yeah, bodybuilding.com is pretty big. Um, now, there are, there are credible people who write for these, and there's also non-credible people who write for them. So the the thing to, to make note of is looking at the author's credentials and understanding that not every just because one person is good on that website doesn't mean everybody is. Yep. Um, and even understanding, like Chris was saying, you know, just because that person has a PhD, maybe they just went to school, you know, for, for six, 12 years, whatever, however long it took them to get their, their PhD, and um, that's where they're at. Yep. Or they could be completely so biased. That's another issue, to too. It. So um. <laughs> the biggest rule of thumb is to please have an open mind when you're reading articles. Uh, because just because someone is Dr. Who-and-so, Dr. Hohenfeld, <laughs> doesn't mean that the information Dr. is valuable. <laughs> that was a good one. Okay. You have to be very, very careful because a lot of authors, particularly scientists, who really are passionate for what they do, which is great, sometimes are so biased to that fact that they completely forget the other side or they choose research that only... Uh, gives what they believe in credit. Confirmation bias. Where there could be 15 to 30 other studies that confirm the opposite finding. So really have an open mind. And the way to get around this, your solution would be to gather as many resources as you can on the same topic 
And then after reading all these different sources and coming, come up with your own opinion on that topic. Perfect. And that's, that's, what we, that's what we teach our students is to be very, very careful, have an open mind, because when, when your desire is so deep to either lose weight or build muscle or find some kind of edge when it comes to you going into the gym, you're going to be much more, you're going to be less likely to be in a good state, to be able to step back and breathe and take it for what it is. You're going to go right for that one big tagline that says, here's the new hot pre-workout for you that's going to make you bust, can make you bust mm-hmm. out in muscles and get in crazy good shape just by taking this one thing. So it's, and we've all been, it's called meth. <laughs> we, and we've all been victims of that. All right. Especially Absolutely. in the beginning of my journey. I can't tell you how much fucking money I've wasted on supplements and plans that just are and, no uh, goddamn good. And I was a guy selling it. <laughs> Yeah, man, you need these three hundred dollars worth of bullshit. So, and and especially in the fitness industry, you know, some of the consumers in the fitness industry are so goddamn gullible. Even the ones who are already in good shape. So, be very, very careful and train yourself to keep a skeptical and open mind when reading information and making choices in this industry. Yeah, exactly. A rule of thumb when it comes to like certain claims like that: if it sounds too good, it is too good. It doesn't. It doesn't work. Anything that's going to turn you into Arnold Schwarzenegger overnight is either bullshit or it's illegal. Yeah. So, uh, you know, tread down that path if you feel like it. Now, it's still on the topic of, of websites, like, you know, T Nation, whatnot. It's kind of more of a blog posting or article posting like depository. They, they do have some, uh, you know, products, uh, which, but they don't always like say, hey, you know, because of this article, buy this product. They do say, hey, you want to buy our shit? And you're like, I don't know, sure. Um, when it, when it, uh, when it, the, when the website is for lean gain 6,000 from bullshit.com and you go there like, oh my God, they got all these research articles and it's, it's going to, you know, it's going to be great. It's going to enhance my, my what, lean gains or I'm going to, I'm going to get better or, or whatever. If the website itself is for a product, it's probably bullshit. Yep. Now that I'm not saying that, you know, if you go to a, you know, whatever, um, Help me out here. OptimNutrition.com, that yep. all their stuff is bullshit. They're obviously a reputable company. They have research, uh, you know, for their products and they don't sell, you know, amazing solutions. They're like, hey, you check out our protein. We got a multivitamin. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, you want to check out our pre-workout? Hey, look at our uh, amino energy. Amino you energy. You know, whatever. Um, you know, they're, they're not necessarily making insanely bold claims where some websites are like, Hey, try this new herb that nobody's ever heard of. Um, so, so be wary of that. If it's just, if the whole website's selling one particular product, it's probably bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, you know what? There was another point I wanted to bring up there and I forgot. Ah, it doesn't matter, (laughs) but it might come to me later. So we've got websites. Uh, we need to look at that, uh, look at the, Oh, actually, you know, it does an example. There is a, there is a specific company and I'm not going to bring it up. Exactly, or the name, uh-huh. but uh, it was kind of like a multi-level marketing company. Uh, it's not any like major one that probably anybody really knows, but they're like, oh, we, we have all this great, these great products and, you know, the whole buy and look at a thousand dollars and then you, you get all this product and then you sell it and then you try to recruit people to, to just waste their money too. And it's like, okay, whatever. But their claim to fame is like, well, we have real scientists. Okay. Look at our website. We have all the research articles, you know, cited for all the claims that we make. So I look at it. And if you know anything about like <laughs> citations and whatnot, like oh, you'd you be able to yourself. you'd be able to tell that it's complete bullshit. So it would have like a random like title, 
as one. And then, you know, one of the citations was just the page numbers and the article. And then, you know, citation number three is just like a website to Wikipedia. I'm like, what the fuck is yeah. this? So I'm glad you brought this up because this happens all the time. And peer reviewed research is a great topic to get into now as far as what to knock, um, because so many companies will cherry pick, as we call mm. it, specific mm. studies that will be more privy to showing the results that they want to show to back up their claim. But then even more so, they will misinterpret or they will on purpose misinterpret the information. Who was that guy we were looking at on YouTube? That What was that topic about? We're like, oh, we got to talk yes. about this Okay, shit. so Jeff Nippert had a video about uh, fasting science when it came to fasting cardio and its ability to burn more fat than normal uh, modalities of cardiovascular <laughs> exercise. And so someone tried, and now Jeff Nippert's a great resource on the internet for all of you who want to see someone who is able to dissect. He fits our bias. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> who's able to dissect the information and show you both sides in the best way possible. He's definitely good research on YouTube. Um, but what happened was in this particular video where Jeff was talking about fasted uh, cardio science, uh, someone challenged him and made a rebuttal video. But unfortunately, well, the way he rebutted this the video, he, he made a complete claim that didn't really have anything to do with what Jeff was talking about in the first place. <laughs> and we and were reading the, the comments, right? And it, well, the, the, in the, uh, the citation he had, in the article, it showed no significant difference between fasted cardio <laughs> and, and, and you know, uh, you know, fed cardio as far as fat loss. Yeah. So he was trying to he was he was getting mad at Jeff Nipper because he wanted to say that fasting cardio is better for burning fat because that's the claim he makes on his YouTube channel. And then when he actually cited the information, the information actually backfired on him without him paying attention and actually said that there wasn't a difference between fasted cardio and normal cardiovascular training for fat yeah. loss. So. If you uh, if you're an influencer or whatever, and you're going to be citing articles, make sure you read the fucking or at least read the abstract because it was right there in the abstract. We didn't even have to get to the article. It's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I actually called out a student on that just recently in class, where he was making the claim how uh, it was confirmed that many scientists said that you can build as much muscle mass doing just cardiovascular exercise, include it, like in this case, hit training, to build as much muscle as you could doing resistance training. And I was like, huh. No. Let me go, Interesting. Let well, me go and take a look at this study. Now, muscle mass, huh? There is some research to show you can build a little bit of muscle mass with well, training. Well, in, in using high-intensity interval training can coincide with a hypertrophy program. And here's interesting. When, when we talk about hypertrophy, there, there are some you know principles that you want to follow, which is, uh, you know, the – what am I trying to say here? Uh, volume. Well, volume, but I'm thinking metabolic stress. Yep. Uh, we need to have the uh, – Mechanical tension. There we go. I couldn't think of the word tension. Mechanical tension, which means load or how much weight are you moving. So if you move a lot of weight, you're, you're going to apply more mechanical tension. And then uh, overall tissue damage. So guess what you're not getting a lot of sprinting up and down the freaking block is mechanical tension. Not, not in comparison to lifting heavy weight. Right. And so I decided to dig a little deeper and looked into his citation. And this is where we're going to get into critiquing peer-reviewed research. Uh, because when I looked into the citation that he used, it came from mensjournal.com, which is another like menshealth.com kind of thing. It's like a bodybuilder.com, which they're, they're okay. But when you look at articles like those, it's not research. they usually come from individuals who are not, A, privy to the research or subtopics, 
or they have no background in fitness. And going into that article more, the article was just a brief summary of what they found, and then they cited a particular citation. Well, looking into that citation, I found that it just said, article pulled from exercise and sports science reviews. And then upon looking into that further, I was like, hmm, looked into that, and exercise and sports science reviews was simply a website that compiled information from what they found, and they found maybe five studies or so that sort of showed that. Here's an issue. That's not a real review of articles. If you go into the peer review literature of articles and you get an entire actual research review of the literature, you get tons of studies on mm -hmm. the same exact topic that will give you a good insight into the overall effect size of a particular modality uh, or a particular topic whatever I'm looking at. So for instance, if I was interested in learning whether or not high intensity interval training was better at burning fat than say another mode of cardiovascular training, Scientists will sometimes get together and do research reviews, sifting through as many articles and research investigations that have been done in the industry, put it all together, and using refined statistical analyses, bring us a figure that will show us, okay, how effective actually is high-intensity interval training for achieving the goal of fat loss. Whereas where this kid, what this student of mine found was simply just a couple of articles thrown together without any of the analyses or like thoughts put together from different scientists on what that could actually be. So whatever it is that that article is trying to say could be way blown out of proportion. So you need to be very, very, very careful where you find your information and where it's coming from in the first place. Um, perfect example, I think it was New York Times or Washington Post a few years ago posted an article saying, uh, scientists say sniffing your farts will prevent cancer. <laughs> That's quite a wild topic. So I read it. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And they put the, the – they actually cited the source. So I read the actual uh, research article. And what they did is they took um, breast cancer cells, which are or the MCF7 cells, and they put it in a, basically a Petri dish, if you will, and applied high concentrations of methane gas. And what they saw is that it decreased proliferation, which is the, the rapid uh, dividing and, and uh, multiplying of the cells. So basically, it's like, okay, cool. If we apply a lot of methane gas to this particular area, it'll, it'll stop. Well, that doesn't mean go out and just smell your own farts because that's not how it works. Um, you can't just smell something and then it's going to go directly to the cell that you need to. It, it, there's a few more processes involved. Uh, let's just put it that way. So my point of bringing this up is that you might read that stuff in, in the Washington Post or the New York Times or whatever, and it's really a lot of people who don't understand science trying to interpret science. And that's, um, that's where shit goes wrong uh, as far as actually portraying realistic information. Very good point. So, yeah, don't, don't, don't go to New York Times for your health information either. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's dive into our, the documentaries now. Let's get into Netflix. Oh. These are so, and this is another mainstream way that the media will try and reach people based off of current what's going on in current trends. And a lot of the times, they'll focus on things that are trying to demonize particular parts of our diet. So the the main targets are always let's fuck over red which, meat, which which that alone, sugar. Um, if we're making bold claims like that, acting like you know they're just some kind of higher power that knows something, um, that's already kind of going against our role of. Well, that, no, that's not necessarily true. Not everybody is fucking idiots but you. So, yep, so um, beyond biased. So <laughs> let's pick on what the health first. Okay. And from what I recall from the what the health documentary is it was not only demonizing things like carbohydrates, but also really taking a hit at red meat. 
Yep. And I remember specifically that they were saying how red meat increases your risk of cancer. I forget the actual uh, data that they presented, but they they presented some sort of, they presented some sort of data that showed that it increased your risk, like maybe not exponentially, but in a very significant way. That mm -hmm. when you consume red meat, particularly throughout the week, it raised your rates of developing cancers. Now. For all of you who are privy into researching information and you guys have the guys that you listen to on YouTube, you might have seen that there are a lot of scientists that were in an uproar after this documentary came out on Netflix and they wanted to refute and rebut a lot of the things that were stated in the documentary. And Lane Norton himself was actually one of the guys who did this and came back to say that they handpicked that particular study that showed that eating red meat caused cancer and they completely misinterpreted the results on purpose to where when you actually look at the research results, it really doesn't raise your rate of, of, of developing cancer all that much. And when they actually looked at the study on how often they consumed red meat, they ate an obscene amount of red meat that no normal individual would ever do in the course of one week. Except for... Uh... <laughs> Old Sean Baker. <laughs> <laughs> so be very, very careful. Guy. Once again, people, because based off of whatever it is that they're trying to push out there, either to sell goods and services or whatnot, will misconstrue the actual research or message mm -hmm. to make it seem like what they're saying is, you know, God's greatest gift to man. And I think uh, that was the same one that talked about the eating an egg is as bad as like smoking 10 cigarettes. Yeah, now we know that eating eggs is very good for you. Which is which is an interesting um, claim. Uh, I don't know how you would compare that statistically at all. But, uh, you know, w w when you eat an egg, it's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with a whole freaking egg. The heart healthy omelet is a pile of shit, really. Yeah. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with eating some saturated fat. And, you know, as far as uh, our 2015 recommendations, which we'll get a new set of recommendations this year in 2020, uh, consuming cholesterol doesn't necessarily influence overall LDL levels or Correct. LDL particle yeah. size. So we don't, we don't care. Like if it says 300 milligrams of cholesterol, I don't really give a shit. I'm just going to eat it. Yeah. You know what um, really raises your cholesterol levels? Overeating. Huh. That's strange. <laughs> when you Lack look at, of exercise. When you look at everything, overeating is the culprit. They've figured, they've, they've ascertained this now. When you lose weight, that seems to be the primary driver of a lot of improvements in blood markers in the blood. I'm not saying that I want you all to start going out and eating Twinkies, <laughs> but what we're saying is overconsumption of calories seems to be the overarching villain in rising Just... rates of obesity and diabetes and so on and so forth. Well, definitely obesity. There's no other way around that shit. Um, <laughs> when you gain weight, it's because you eat too much. It's not because you have some kind of weird, you know, you ate the wrong food and now you're just retaining water. Um, no, you're fat because you ate too much. And yeah. it happens, right? Same but, thing when people come back and you, oh, you're consuming too much sugar, but I'm not gaining weight because I'm consistently exercising. So for me personally, having those carbohydrates is going to facilitate my performance in those particular activities. We'll get into that next week when we debate keto and high carb. Mm. Um, but just to give well, you I example. will, and you, you'll get into why fat's better, right? <laughs> no, no, I don't want to. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so. The, this what the health, um, and, and there are a couple other claims. I, I don't recall um, them off the top of my well, head because that was a while ago. But the funny thing about the what the health documentary is all the individuals behind it who also funded it hmm. were doctors who were selling vegetarian or vegan products and services. Exactly. And that kind of brings me to the, the newest one. I keep forgetting the name the of Game, Game Changers. Changers. Yeah. Okay, so people are like, well, um, this UFC fighter, uh, whatever the hell his name was, he he's a vegan. So if he's a fighter... 
I must be a vegan too. Like, no, you're a dumbass, dude. Like, that doesn't make any <laughs> damn sense. Um, how many UFC fighters are not vegans that have been champions? Okay, so yep. next question. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I've got a couple things I just want to say. Uh, rapid fire. Um, it was like, oh, well, the gladiators, well, they, they did analysis and they would eat, uh, you know, whatever, spinach or whatever the hell they had. Uh, it's like, no, actually, gladiators, especially the slaves, would eat whatever the freaking masters would give them. Whatever they could get so, their hands some on. Of them, some of that would be meat, uh, some of that would be plants. It's not like, and gladiators aren't what we saw, what we see in Spartacus um, or, <laughs> or the movie Gladiator. <laughs> like, they're not these ripped freaking dudes. Like, they are, they're dudes that are skilled in, in, in combat. Yeah. But most times they actually had a little bit more fat on them to kind of help prevent the, the easy, you know, slicing of muscles and dying. So um, that's bullshit. And then they're like, well, Arnold Schwarzenegger supports this. Yeah, he owns a company. I forgot what the name of it is. But he owns a company that's basically promoting vegetarian, yeah, vegan supplements. <laughs> so Arnold was not a vegetarian during the golden age of bodybuilding. Sorry no. to break your hearts. And with that being said. That doesn't mean you can't be a vegan, vegetarian bodybuilder. No, that's fine. It's a little bit harder because it's a lot easier for me to go out and eat chicken breast steak and fish and all that stuff and get all the essential amino acids I need than it is from a vegan diet. When I when I approach plant food diet, and I've got a client right now that, that is a vegetarian, big pain in the ass. Um, hopefully you listen to this. <laughs> You're a pain in the ass. Uh, no, but the, it, you just have to, you have to pay more attention to the protein sources, right? On a normal, you know, no restriction diet, and I need to get quality protein, I can eat, you know, just a variety of different, you know, meat sources and be fine. Where a vegetarian diet, I have to be very specific in what amino acids I'm pairing together in order to get the complete protein. Yes, you need to be, you, it's, it's more difficult. It's going to take more work to get what you need. We've mentioned this before that not all protein is is the same, right? The, the five grams of protein from wheat is not the same as five grams of protein from egg. Just, there's just no effing comparison. No. Well, I mean, there is. I mean, the nitrogen balance is a little bit different, but you know, we can <laughs> compare it. And guess what? The egg's better. Yeah. Um, so once again, we just want to make the statement, we're not against veganism or vegetarianism at all. All right. If that's your no. lifestyle, that's completely cool. We, I have friends who are vegetarians, pescatarians, whatever. That, that's all right. You do? I do. Huh. Um, but the most important, <laughs> I, am, go I am not diet racist. <laughs> Unless it's keto. <laughs> Unless it's keto. Well, I don't um, think it's racism. It would be prejudice. Prejudice? Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Wrong term. <laughs> um, there's nothing wrong with those things. There's just, there comes pros and cons to every choice you make when it comes to dietary lifestyle. So if your choice is to be a vegetarian or vegan, just know it's going to be more difficult for you to get a full array of nutrients that you're going to need for an overall quality of life. Exactly. And that, that uh, goes back into really our main topic, which is understanding and, and deciphering the good information and the bullshit information. Yep. Um, you know, the, these Netflix documentaries, interesting and entertaining as they are, are they're mostly bullshit. Um, you know, it, it's a people just their selling agenda. their own agenda. I mean, it's, it's no different than listening to any of the, the political heads right now talking about how the Republicans are this or the Democrats are that. It's the same bullshit. Yep. So, which comes back to our summary statement again, have an open mind. Be skeptical. Mm -hmm. Gather as many resources on both sides of a topic as you can and then make your own decision and about that. And just give it a shot. See, see what works with you. I mean, 
I hate the term listen to your body. If it's healthy. Yeah, if, if, if it's healthy. Don't do stupid shit. I hate, I hate the term listen to your body, but, but essentially you're going to, like, if, if you notice that eating this type of food makes you feel better, eat that type of food. Again, if it's healthy. You know, eat, eating six Twinkies a day makes you feel better, not for long. Uh, so, so make sure you're making healthy choices. Yeah. So I'd like to I'd like to cap it off with this. Let's actually give them solutions as how to where to go to find good information. Yes. So for instance, uh, let's do social media. So if you're on social media and you're trying to find good uh, uh, wreck it, what's my head? No, <laughs> I don't post anything. <laughs> Look in their bios, check to see if they have credentials. But remember, just because they do have credentials doesn't mean that they actually know what they're talking about either. Notice a trend in what they post about. If it's consistently anti this or only this or promoting that, then maybe stay away they from it. They might them. be a little biased, but make sure they're providing valuable information Look to see how much effort they put into either their informational posts or their videos that they're taking to convey the messages on, per, on particular topics. See if they actually practice what they preach as well, because actually living out the lifestyle is a good source of evidence, too. Right? Indeed, so indeed. Be very, very careful. Okay, Have an open mind when you're approaching resources on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, let's move on to things like YouTube is the same thing, really. You know yeah, YouTube. Um, there's a lot of credible sources out there. If I were to name the ones at the top of my head that are really, really good, I'd start off by saying Jeff Nipper does a really good job of showing both sides of what's in the scientific literature for everything related to science. So his name is Jeff, G-E-F-F-N-I-P-P-A-R-D. The Mind Pump guys are oh, a really yes. good resource as well. They're kind of an inspiration to us because they have their own podcast. Uh, I've been listening to them for a couple of years now. Mind Pump, Sal. Uh, I guess uh, Sal, Adam, and I forget the third one's name, but they do a really, really great job of eliminating bias and showing both sides to the topics as the best that we can. Uh, as much as we like to fool around and mess with them a little bit, mm -hmm. talking about him, Lane Norton does do a good job presenting the scientific evidence. Uh, he does have a PhD himself, but he's also a little narrow-minded when it comes to certain things. So be uh, aware that there are a lot of PhDs out there, a lot of research scientists I think who are good at what they do, but many of them are very dogmatic and narrow-minded into their particular niche. So be very cautious about that. The ones I'm going to call out the most, sorry, Robert, starting strength, and those powerlifting type of individuals uh -huh. are often really biased towards their own types of training, although they know what they're talking about when it comes to things like building strength and muscle mass and the science behind the muscular system. They're often much, much too focused on those types of things that they're not open-minded to other aspects of training. So be very careful with that. Uh, move on this moment. Oh, go ahead. Kyle. Well, I was going to say like just a, a topic on, on Lane Norton. Um, I, I think with Lane, he, he just, he, I don't want to say overreacts, but he's very aggressive in his responses to uh, anybody who kind of refutes or, or kind of um, basically disagrees with him. And I don't, I don't think he likes being disagreed with, just based off of my observation. Maybe he does and does. I don't read all the damn comments, so who knows? Maybe he's actually really nice. Um, but but the thing is, uh, you know, we're not trying to – we're obviously not trying to discredit these people. It's just sometimes individuals really just focus on what they want to talk about. They kind of hang out in their own little area, and they, they're oblivious kind of like start well, – I don't say oblivious. They don't like talking about other areas of fitness like starting strength. You know, starting strength, I don't think you're going to hear, uh, what's his name, Ripitel? Ripitel. Uh, talk about, you know, the benefits of doing cardiovascular work. No, he won't. Um, even though it's there. There's a shit ton of evidence. Hell, there's probably more evidence on that than anything uh, at all when it comes to exercise performance. Yep. So let's talk about actual articles now. 
So first of all, places to find good scientific research. Um, be careful of normal fitness websites, okay, uh, such as bodybuilding.com or T Nation. Um, the best places to find these resources are oftentimes places like PubMed uh, or Academic Premier uh, or Scientific Direct. But the issue with these yeah. is if you don't have a university account, you can't get access to them. Oh. They're very expensive. That's problem number one. Problem number two, it's very hard for the general population to even figure out what the hell they mean. Yeah, because there, there are a lot of like protocols and, and equipment that they use um, that a lot of times you have to do research on that and see how accurate they are and how useful they are and, and so on and so forth. So there's – to read an article and dissect it, it takes more time – or uh, sorry, a peer-reviewed article takes more time than just reading you know, just a post or a blog post that somebody put together that you trust. Right. So, like, for instance, look for uh, individuals who take research and make it easy for you to understand. Um, I know there's guys who write the mass article reviews, uh, M-A-S-S, if you could type that into Google. That is a great resource for, there's uh, a few guys, I know, is it Mike Zordos um, and mm -hmm. uh, a couple other individuals who actually take the research and dumb it down to a level in specific topic areas to make it easier to understand for you. So check out Mass Research Article Reviews. does a really, really good job. They do. This. They do. Uh, Alan Aragon has his own research article review. Uh, at one point in time, uh, Chris Beardsley has one too. Um, but his is really, really scientific. I'm not sure if Brett Contreras used to help him out with that or not. Mm, um, I don't know. But, but look into individuals who, re, who review and make the research more easier for you to understand um, is a really great place to start. And there's a lot of guys on social media that do that for you. Absolutely. Jeff is one of them. Lane Norton does that. Jeremy Ether is another guy that does that. Um, Brett Contreras, uh, for, you know, he likes talking about nothing but the ass, but he, hey, he does a good job of talking guy, about science. If you need to know that, you yep. go to you him. want a bigger butt, go to Brett Contreras. Um, and, and then, you know, Netflix documentaries, honestly, entertainment purposes only. That's yeah. the way I would put it. There's, I haven't really seen one that's not biased, um, that doesn't have a hidden agenda, a personal agenda behind it. You know, watch them if you want to. You can, if you like some of the claims, I would say do some follow-up research on those peer-reviewed articles. Listen to the people that we just mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just try to get get that information you see in that in that Netflix documentary from other sources too, and then make your own opinion. Yeah. And then listen to podcasts like ours. All right, we're just we're we're not doing this for any monetary gain. We do this out of our own free will. We do this because we have fun doing so. Exactly. And we want to provide value to as many people as we can. Absolutely. And so, I, no, anything no, to add? No, 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 not really. All right. Yeah, I so think we're thanks good. for listening to this episode. This is hopefully a good kickoff to your 2020 and the new decade and making the right choices and preparing you and trying to give you the tools you need to really get after the fitness goals that you want to the best way possible. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you, or I guess you'll hear us next, next time. Next time, carbs and keto. Boom.